I want you to turn uh, tonight, uh, go ahead and turn to 1 Kings chapter 1 and verse 40. First Kings chapter one, verse 40. Now I said it on Friday night when we had the um, Friday night prayer, I said that it would be important this afternoon at the Holy Spirit service because there was something I was gonna to minister to you that's very important. So uh, most of you know uh, Brother Tracy Harris, uh, like a spiritual dad to me, and um, he had a word last Sunday that was very important. If you didn't hear Friday night, um, you need to hear what we talked about Friday night. It was a prayer service, but really it was a let's all funnel down to one point, uh, point so we can be in agreement and then pray and our prayer be a prayer of agreement. But with the times of what everything that's going on in the world, it's very important for us to be on the same page and in agreement and specifically in prayer. And so if you didn't hear Friday night, you would like to hear that. Um, it's, it's not something public because it was a private prayer time, uh, but we can get the link to you. And I'll tell you, if you're part of this church, you need to hear it. Uh, you need to hear it. And um, you need it because it puts us in unity going forward. And uh, so then I said, and one of the things that we saw was the word that the Lord spoke to Brother Tracy last week was very serious. Now, it wasn't something to be scared of. We talked about that multiple times, but it is recognizing the sign of the times and where we are and where we're going. And, and basically, in a very, very brief version of it is, things are only going to get darker in the world. Things are only going to get darker. And one of the things that was point blank said is some Christians are not going to make it. And truth be told, there's been some Christians that already have left the earth early because of some things that might could have been avoided. And so we don't want to be the ones we're called to uphold truth to be the salt, to be the preserving factor, the pillar of truth, Timothy says, is what the church is, to be the light that's not hid, but shining bright. And in order to shine bright, we've got to be connected with the source. We must be connected with the source. And God's going to give us instruction. And the whole point of the word was not to say, oh my goodness, look at what time it is. No, you think about this. In the Old Testament, all the Jews were in Egypt while the plagues were happening, right? But they weren't affected by it because they heard a command. They were in touch with what the Lord was saying and they were in Goshen. They were protected in a land where the plagues didn't touch. They were protected by the blood on the door where death didn't touch. And so this is a time where we've kind of moved from a place where it was okay for the church to play games, although it wasn't really okay, but it wasn't costing people their life as much. But now we're moving into a time where it is not playtime. It's a serious moment of time. And for us, it can be victory, but we've got to be in place. Think about the Israelite. Remember, there's one point where hell comes down on the earth. And they basically said, the Lord says, go inside. And the Jews went inside and they were protected and their animals were protected. But then the, the uh, Egyptians were like, we're not going inside. 
and then they lost everything. This is one of those moments where we've reached a period in time. We're coming to the end. You know, if you look at just the word, we are literally in, according to the Bible, the last of the last days. Jesus is not waiting on anything to return. There are some things that has to happen before his, the second coming of Christ. We're at the end of the tribulation, but we are in the last of the last days. And if you can't tell that, then just turn on the news. I mean, it's been nuts. Like, I mean, have you ever thought you would see some of the things we've seen in the last couple of years? Like, I had a hard time all my life fathoming how people would take the mark of the beast. I don't have to have, I don't have a hard time with that anymore. Like, it's evident, you know, people, and listen, the va and we said this, the vaccine is not the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast is something that you will know I'm denying Christ over. So the vaccine's not the mark of the beast. However, it's a precursor and it really is kind of like, hey, take this. And then the next thing, take this. It's like, an, it's like a gateway drug almost. It's like a gateway mark. You know, it's not the mark, but it's setting people up to receive it. And, and look at how many people are just, forget about if you believe in the vaccine or not. Forget about that. Look at how many people, as soon as you say, well, you got to do this to go travel. I just heard today somebody went and took it because they wanted to go on a cruise, right? And so whether you like it or don't like it, just look at the fact of what people are doing just because they say, well, if you don't have it, you can't do this. And it's not even really fully set in law. Mandates are not laws, you know, and so you see this. And it's not really there. And yet people are like lining up to go do it out of fear, out of, well, I, I need to travel. I need to do all of these things. And so now think about that when it actually comes to the mark, because at this point you can still buy and sell and all of that stuff. When it comes to the mark, they're going to make laws that you cannot buy and you cannot sell. You can't be in the economy of the world if you don't take the mark of the beast. Can you see how easy and how it's being set up to move that way? Again, the vaccine's not the mark, but it's a precursor to it. And so I can remember as a kid and even as a young adult and even as a young pastor just a few years ago going, how are we going to get to this place? Like it just seems so far away. And then it's like five years pass. And it's like, oh my goodness, we're here. You know, we're, we're at the doorstep of of the tribulation and you can see it so very clearly. Jesus can come anytime. The rapture, we're not waiting on anything. It's what's called a signless event. The tribulation, there's going to be more signs and then the second coming of Christ coming in victory to set up the thousand year reign. That has some signs that have to happen first. But the rapture, it could happen before we're finished tonight. There's nothing holding the rapture back. So we are right at that age, but we have to recognize we've stepped into a place now where playing Christianity is not a game anymore. Lives are on the line. Our, where, where we are in our faith is going to determine for some people if they live or die, literally, and we're seeing that right now. I know right now multiple people that probably, in my best estimation, went home to be with Jesus. Praise God they're with Jesus, but they're still supposed to be here, but they're gone now. now I'm talking about just in the last few months. Gone. Let, left the earth. I just found out about one last weekend, and I was like, oh my goodness, that guy's like 50. 
And he's home with Jesus. And, and so there's decisions that we will make that are very much important, life and death, and it's a time to operate. And so when I was talking to Brother Tracy, one of the things he was saying is, you know, you have all these people that just want, what they want to do is almost like prophesy themselves out of a darkness, right? And, and so they're like stretching for things, but maybe not, God's not actually saying those things. What the Lord does say, and he says it in scripture in Isaiah 60, is that darkness and deep darkness will cover the people. But he tells us in verse 1, arise, shine, for your light has come. In other words, it doesn't matter if the world goes totally dark. We're supposed to be the people that know who we are in Christ and we know what we're called to and we arise and shine. We arise to a different place. But we got to know how to do that. And we got to hear when to be in the right place, where to be, how to be. We've got, we've got to hear those things be led by the Holy Ghost. We can't just blindly be going through life, letting things and letting life happen to us. As the salt and the light, the hands and the feet of Christ, the body of Christ, we are supposed to be happening to the earth. We're supposed to be affecting the darkness. We walk in and the, the darkness that was on the people leaves. That's, where we're, that's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be the people that says, you don't have to sit out there in the plague. Come in here. In here there's provision. And where darkness is coming, covering the earth, in Goshen there's a light. Where the, where the people of God are listening and being obedient to the voice, they're, they're avoiding every issue, every plague. That's supposed to be normal to us. That's supposed to be normal. If you didn't hear it this week, you know, we do the broadcast, the Lunch Plus broadcast. And this week, one of the things we talked about is God level living. And we went into three different passages and talked about in, uh, what was it? Second Peter chapter one, Ephesians chapter one and Ephesians chapter three, three different passages that pointed out God level living that God wants us to live and he wants us to call it normal, but it hasn't been normal to us. It seemed like something special for other people, but it's not supposed to be that way. It's literally given to every believer. If you didn't hear those messages, man, you got to go listen to them. There was an anointing that came on to break the yoke of that average thinking to move us into the place where God's called us to. Now, one of the things that Brother Tracy said to me, and as soon as he said it, I knew that's what we were supposed to talk about this afternoon is... In order to be where we need to be in this age, we need to keep our walk with God pure. We need to stop playing games. We need to put sin down. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and fire. We need to, we need to hear from the Lord. We need to keep our fellowship with God fresh, right? We need to keep our fellowship fresh. We need to be so that if God just goes, eh, we go, eh, what? You know, what are you talking about? If God goes, ah, yeah, then we go, okay, I'll do it. You know, and, and it's so that any slight hint of the leading of God, we receive it in clear communication yeah. so that we can be at the right place at the right time. Yeah. 
That's God's plan. Think about this. Think about Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you to give you a future and a hope for you to fare well and not for calamity. God has no plans for your calamity. Even now, he has no plans for your calamity. None. None. He's got no plans. Say it with me. Say, God has no plans for my calamity. Jeremiah 29, 11. He's got no plans for that. Oh, well, did all of a sudden that change? Because, I mean, COVID. No. Did all of a sudden that change? Because, I mean, the president or whatever, whatever it is. Does that change? No, that's a promise of God. You go into Isaiah chapter 51 and Isaiah chapter 54. It's talking about the church. It's talking about believers. And it says, it says there, you will never taste God talking to his people. You will never taste my anger or my wrath again. Some people would say, well, this is God's wrath. This isn't God's wrath. God's wrath is stored up and it's coming, but this isn't it. And his wrath is not going to be on, on his people. He said, you'll never taste my wrath again. That's an eternal promise. Yeah, praise God. That's an eternal. You'll never taste that again. It's a big promise. I remember when I read that, I went, oh my goodness. Because I just, I was taught, you know, I, well, I don't know that I was taught it, but I heard and understood it that, man, if I mess up, I'll get under God's wrath. And I, I walked around like this all the time, you know, God, I don't want God's wrath to get me, you know. And, and uh, I, I know y'all never acted and lived that way, but I had, I lived that way. And then I read that, I was like, his wrath ain't going to get me. He's got no plan for my calamity. I found that one later. I was like, well, glory to God. Now, that doesn't mean I just go, well, let's just go sin. No, the Holy Ghost says, God forbid, you know. So it wasn't that. And it was, it's that God actually has a victory. Look at 2 Corinthians 2, 14. Please put that up. First, time out. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Say this with me. Say, God, God is, faithful. is faithful. God is faithful. Say it again. Now see, there's times where you and I have not been faithful. But you know what's never happened? God being unfaithful. That's never happened. Never will happen. God is faithful. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. Now what that means is this. You're never going to face any temptation that is beyond the power of God and man when they're working together. Okay? You may face a temptation that's beyond you, but you as a human being, when you seek God, there's no temptation that's greater than you. None. That, none. There's no temptation that's given. You'll never be given or allowed to be in a place of a temptation that's greater than what you and God can handle. It's common to man, so you can have it. But then he says, and this is the, this is the key part, and God is faithful. You need a healing in your body? God is faithful. God is faithful. Man might, not, might, man might miss it, but praise the Lord. God is faithful. God is faithful. Amen? God is faithful. No temptation is overtaking you, but such as common man. And God is faithful. And watch this. 
who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. That means if you find yourself in a situation that you're tempted in, you wouldn't be in that situation if you weren't able to overcome it. If you, if you could not overcome it, God wouldn't even allow you to be in that situation. Read that again. Who will not, God, who is faithful, will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. So when you come up against something, you can know in advance. If I'm facing it, if I'm facing it, I know I can overcome it. If I'm facing it, I already know that I have the victory because, because I'm so good. No, because God is faithful. Because when I turn to him, I might have a commonness of man, but when I bring him into the mix, he is faithful and I can overcome it. And let's put it back up there. And he, and he says this, he says, and with the temptation will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. In other words, if you find yourself in a situation where, and, and think about this, what situation doesn't have the temptation to drop faith? Every situation, is it bath time, bathroom time or something? Like five people just got up. <laughs> we, what is it? It's an hour and a half. It's bathroom time. All right, so, and, and about what you'll see is that all of a sudden, all of a sudden, if we find ourselves in a situation, God will not allow us to be tempted beyond it. But he'll provide, with the temptation, he'll provide a way of escape. Yeah. Now, you can look at that in a couple of different ways. Well, escape. Whew, I got away. Or you can look at escape, as, in other words, like, at least I'm out of the situation. Right? That's one way of escape. Another way is, no, he gave me escape. It didn't touch me. Right? So you've got differing levels of escape, right? And, and your mind might be, you know, glass half empty, glass half full. I, I don't know where you're coming from or what your environment is. But let's look at what God's idea of escape looks like. Go to 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 14. This is all free. All of this not even in my notes. We haven't even got there yet. We'll finish, you know, in several hours. It'll be good. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 2.14. But thanks be to God. Now, first of all, if God's telling us to give him thanks for something and he didn't come through, would he be just? No, that wouldn't be righteous, would it? That wouldn't be just. But is God just? And is he righteous? So if he told us to be thankful for something, we already know he's going to do it. As a matter of fact, he's already paid for it in Jesus Christ. He's already paid for it. Thanks be unto God. And watch this. Who sometimes, who every now and then, who kind of sometimes maybe could. No, who always leads us in triumph in Christ, always leads us to victory and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. In some places, in, at your home. At your church only, but not at your job. No, in every place. See, you've got to get it on the inside of you. This is who God is. This is what he's leading me to. But let's, what we were looking at is what level of escape did he give us? He's not always leading you to a neutral place. He's always leading you to a victorious place. Amen. 
It's always that in every place. And the word there manifest means this is not in the sweet by and by. This is something you can touch with your hands. It's tangible. It's made manifest in your life. He manifests the knowledge of him. See, watch this. Knowledge of him is always a victory. Knowledge of him is always supposed to be in our hands, not, not always off. So if we get healed, we can look at healing and say, that's not for always off. Faith is now. Faith is not, faith is not believing it's coming. Faith is believing I have received it already. When you go to Mark chapter 11, I have it now. By his stripes, you were healed. I'm not waiting on it. I already have it. And by faith in the spirit, I take a hold of it. And this is, he's manifesting it. I'm not waiting till I get to heaven to be healed. I have it now in him in his scripture, okay? So, amen. In talking with Brother Tracy, it's a serious time. Not a time to fear, but a time to see who you are. To see who you've been created to be. To walk in the place that's blessed like Goshen was in the Old Testament. Where the light's always on. Where the victory's always there. Where there is no defeat, there's only triumph, right? Where there's no plague manifesting, there's just the blessing of God. You think about this. This was for the people of God even before they had Jesus. We have Jesus. We're in a greater covenant. We're in a greater covenant, a greater promise. We have him who paid the price and gave his life for us. Glory to God. So all of a sudden, they had it blessed, but yeah, we just got to go through this time. No, that's, that's incorrect. That's contrary to the context of scripture. Okay, now, what I want you to see is this. Let's go to 1 Kings 140. You should be there already. Have you had time to find 1 Kings? Okay, good. Good. And uh, I want, let, me, let me point out something to you real quick. And y'all have heard me say this before, but well done, good and faithful servant. Enter now into the bitterness of God. The joy. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter now into the eh of God. No, the joy. He said in Luke chapter 2, Glory be to God and peace on earth with men with whom he's pleased. Men who he's pleased with. How could he be pleased with men? Men, had all, men were all messed up. Matter of fact, they still messed up. How could he be pleased? Because there was a savior. There was a mediator that came between God and men. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, around verse 18 or 19, he says, he's not holding the world's trespasses against them. How can he do that? Through Jesus. Even in Luke chapter 2, when he makes the great announcement, he says, he says, I bring you great tidings of great joy. I bring you great tidings of, of great bitterness. That's not what he says. Why is it that when you go into most churches, the first thing that happens is, 
Why is it that we, that we have this bitterness flowing? Why is it that we're like, you know, and that goes back to our message this morning. Really important. One of the most important foundational doctrines and, and messages that I've ever preached in Boomerang. Yeah. Is when we're trying to live by the law, we're never going to get it accomplished. And all that does is produce bitterness. But when we live by faith in Jesus Christ and his, we receive his love, all of a sudden it's like, oh my goodness, why would I want to sin against God? This is so good. Why would I not want to give him holiness? But see, when you have people trying to be holy out of their own selves, the end result of that is always bitterness. And that's why many churches have been filled with bitterness instead of joy. Because they're trying to do good out of their own self without receiving everything that God had for them. The love that the Lord had. The love that would empower them to do good. They've been so condemned and so much living by the law, you know, and I, I said it this morning, they'll come up and give their heart to the Lord. But as soon as they walk away from the altar, it's like there's the whole church and the preacher and, they, and they're like, okay, now you need to do this and do this and do this and do that. And those things aren't necessarily bad. But the issue is that brand new convert doesn't know that they're supposed to do that by the power of God, not by their own power. And so then they can't do it. And if you're guilty in one point of the law, you're guilty in the whole law. Then they get condemned and bitter. And then if they make it in the church 20 years later, they're sitting there like everybody else. My seat. Don't take my seat. This is my seat. Spiritually constipated. It's okay. You can laugh at that. We're talking about joy tonight, so it's, it's all right. But it's true. It's true. Like we're so uptight. Like, like we're going we're gonna to get in front of God. And, and everybody's going to be walking around like this. Don't say anything. Don't crack a smile. You think that's how Jesus is? He says, I give you my joy. His joy was full. And one of the things Brother Tracy said to me, if you think I'm actually passed over it, I haven't yet. I'm, I actually remembered. This is the whole point. He said, people aren't going to make it in this time if they don't know how to live by joy. And as soon as he said that, I knew that's what we need to talk about. And of course, a Holy Spirit service is the teaching of the Word, gifts of the Holy Spirit, and a manifestation of joy. So, it makes sense that it would be tonight. I want you to look at this. First Kings, you there? First Kings, verse 40. And it says this, All the people went up after him, and the people were playing on their flutes and rejoicing with what? Great joy. Not just joy, but great joy. Great joy. Watch this. So that the earth shook at their noise. The earth shook at their noise. If you ask most churches today, then just think about this. If you ask most churches today to get into joy, this is probably what you would get from you know, about two-thirds, maybe a third. 
And that would be it. There's no joy there. There's no manifestation of it. But look at what joy actually can do. A joy put on on purpose can shake the earth. You are earth shakers. You are called to walk in this joy. You're called to make a difference. They were playing on the flutes and rejoicing with great joy so that the earth shook at their noise. There's kind of a falsity, like a, like a counterfeit of this. Can anybody think of where a counterfeit of this would be? Where you would see the people put on an earthly joy so much that the earth shakes. Concert. Football game. When people get excited about their earthly thing. How is it that we haven't been saved from an eternal hell and we have an eternity with God can let the earth get more excited and the world get more excited about a football team than we can get about our Jesus? How and why is that possible? We've not grasped something and we need to make it ours. How is it that, honestly, you go into most churches and include, some days we've had days like this too, although we've, we've always been a pretty joyful church, but some days I've come and preached to people and, and it's like, you know, I'm, I'm preaching and I'm happy to start with. <laughs> but it's like I'm looking at people and like, <laughs> you know, and how, how come? Like I'm not trying to just preach along to, for long sake. I'm not necessarily trying to preach short for short sake. I'm just preaching. <laughs> just preaching. But how is it that we've so accepted the bitterness instead of the joy? And I want you to see something. This joy here shook the earth. Are we called to shake the earth? Are we believers? Are we called to shake things up? Then we got to get into the joy. We got to understand it. And we got to live by it. Amen. Amen. We got to receive it. You've heard, you've seen me many times. What does joy look like? Well, you know, laughter, laughter is good and laughter will be a manifestation of joy. Also, this will be a manifestation, you know, that every now and then that's really good on the face of Christians. It really is, you know, like that helps, especially when you're trying to witness people. Would you like to know my Jesus? <laughs> my Jesus is really happy and joyful. He'll make your life better. Good luck winning souls and making disciples that way, right? That's not going to work. No, there's got to be fruit. There's meant to be fruit in us. Matter of fact, you go over into Galatians chapter 5. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, yeah, do it, please, for by all means. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Amen. Obviously, they're in children's ministry and they've all learned the song. Glory to God. I want you to think about this. This is the fruit of the Spirit. Watch this. Uh, Will you come here, Mark? And you're going to be a tree. All right? you're, You're just a tree. I want you to see something. Now, if I'm the Holy Ghost and he's to have the fruit of the Holy Spirit, right? That means that's the produce of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to understand, Mark may be Mark. 
But the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. And the fruit or the product of the Holy Spirit is love. And let's just focus on one, joy. And if you just let, watch this, the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit, he's going to be joy. (laughs) All you got to do is not shut off his flow. The Holy Spirit will be joy all for you. Well, I don't know how to get in joy. Open up to the flow. Let the Holy Ghost be the Holy Ghost. But see, what happens is when we're supposed to be producing the fruit of joy and all of a sudden we're in a service and and God who loves his kids. You know, it's like when Luke walked by just a second ago, I didn't realize that was prophetic, but it was. And I just patted him on the head. Now, why did I do that? Because he was walking close to me and and I love him. And so he's going to get it. Had he been over, I'd have probably kicked him, you know, and. And if he comes close to me, it's very likely that I'll grab him and tickle him and oh, and he'll scream and yell and I'll just laugh and he'll laugh. And, and why? Because I love him. I, I want to get my hands on him. Right? Don't get weary and well do it, Mark. And so we'll be in a service. We'll be in a service and all of our life we've been taught not the joy, but the bitterness. And all of a sudden, the, God will be like, oh, there's my kid. Glory to God. <laughs> and instead, instead of actually letting the joy flow through us, we'll be like, no, no don't say a word. God told us that we got to be stiff and straight and proper and in order. Who? Listen. God's order is different from our order. Amen. His order comes in like a cloud, wipes out all the priests and all the musicians, and nobody can minister. Well, that just looks out of order to us, but not to God. To God, that's very normal. The glory cloud comes in. Do you know what that looks like? That looks like all of y'all are listening. All of y'all are listening. And and the priest is like this. Uh, Jesus! And then he can't even... You can't even minister because the glory cloud came in. And see, if that happened, all of Albemarle would be like, that church is crazy. It's true. We are for Jesus. But that's the order of God. And if he did it, I'd welcome it. Like, wipe us out, Lord. Like, just just lay us out. Lay us out. Let your glory just pour out. But see, as soon as we get close to that place where the Father's like, ah, look, there's my kid. Gooch, gooch, gooch. Right? And we're like, no, we can't do that. No, no, we can't do that. Why? Do you think he likes to see us laugh? Oh my goodness. Do you like, as parents, if you're a parent, do you like watching your children laugh? Where do you think you got it from? Where, where do you think you got it from? That you, think that, you think that's evil rising up? <laughs> Can I get a helper to help Mark out? Yeah. Help, help him keep his arms up. Amen. I need an Aaron and a hurt. There, good job, Mark. There's help in Jesus. Amen. All right, you, y'all can sit, not Mark. 
Well, you can put your arms down. You got to do it through the love of God. You try to do it on yourself. You can't do it. We learned that this morning. Amen. All right. So you think about it. God, it's not evil that loves for our children to be joyful. That's the love of God. And he's the same way. Who, who do you think put that in us? You feel, do you, think about this. You, know, you might have done some bad things. Do you feel that way? Do you feel that evilness rise up in you when your children are laughing? No. No, not at all. And I, we'll, laugh, we'll be watching, sitting in the living room, and Luke will be in the den watching something, and he'll get tickled by something, and he'll just, with this most beautiful laugh, <laughs> just laughing. And, and Nicole and I will just look at each other and just like, oh, I love him so much. <laughs> I don't say it like that. She says it like that. I'm thinking it, though. I just don't mouth it. I was like, you know, he's just so awesome. That's the love of the Lord. I don't feel evil in that moment. I love hearing that joy come through. And so you think about it. The Holy Ghost is joy. He is joy. He's the fullness of joy. Matter of fact, Romans 15, 13. Please put that up. Romans 15, 13. It says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Now watch this. You're not going to get to joy and peace without applying some faith. There's a believing that must happen. And when you believe on God to be the filling of your joy, now you can start stepping into joy. So did you know it's not just God coming down here and like zapping you all the time. At some point you're going to have to say, by faith I walk in joy. By faith I walk in peace. I don't feel peace right now. I don't feel joyful at all. But by faith, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to have it. By faith... By, Fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you don't know this, the word there in English, hope, there's three words that defined it. One of them is joy. Joy, confidence, and expectation. So he's telling us, he said, I'm telling you this so that you will abound in joy. How? By the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who is joy. And so if we're, a, if we're a tree and we're producing fruit, all we have to do is let the Holy Ghost be the Holy Ghost. And, and if we'll let the Holy Ghost be the Holy Ghost, He'll be joy. And then you'll be joy. And you'll have fruit. But if we get to that place where the joy is wanting to come out of us and we're like, no, I wasn't taught that way. That's out of order. Well, then you are grieving and shutting off the Holy Spirit to be that. And if you shut off the Holy Spirit, thank you. If you shut off the Holy Spirit, who's going to bring the supernatural help that you need in a time like this? It's the Holy Ghost who brings the power. It's the Holy Ghost who brings the anointing. It's the Holy Spirit who brings about the supernatural solutions from the love of our Father. It's the act of the Holy Ghost. So if we shut down joy, we're blocking the Holy Spirit's work. So now how important is it for us to know 
and operate in joy, especially in this time. I see we were all laughing a second ago. Now it's got all serious. But you see the point. See how the Holy Ghost can bring that about and bring it up and show you that revelation of it. I want you to see something. Um, I, I wrote this down. The difference between happiness and joyfulness or being happy and having joy. They're different. Happiness is an emotion that's fleeting. Most people go after happiness, but they never go after having full joy and real joy. Happy means blessed, fortunate, or lucky. It's an emotion from manifestation. I bring you up here. I give you $1,000. You'll get happy. Hey, obviously, I don't hear very much expectation in this crowd. Because everybody's like, you know, yeah! See, that's, that actually is a product of the hope of God. Where you're like, yeah, that's me. Y'all didn't see it, but Kevin was back there behind the camera going, mine, 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 mine. That's an expectation. We need to be walking in expectation. Just the other day, you know, and it actually happened several times over just the last, last few weeks. People get checks in the mail. And it's $1,000 check. For what? Nothing. God told me to send it to you. Multiple people in the last several weeks. It's our year of increase. It's, it's a real year of increase. God's doing it. Amen. Anybody receiving it? It's your year of increase. See, he wants your joy to be full. And of course, he wants you blessed as you're spiritually blessed. But he doesn't want you just spiritually blessed. He wants the overflow in every area of your life. Health finances, protection. He, want, he wants you blessed. He wants you blessed. But happiness is an emotion from manifestation. So if I bring you up here, I give you that. And, and all of a sudden, you get happy. You get happy. But as soon as that's spent, all of a sudden, you get not happy. Because a happy is an emotion. And it goes with the circumstances and with the manifestation. That's why we, God didn't say, I, I came that you might be happy. He said, I came that you might have your joy full. That you might be filled with joy because it's different. Happy is a temporary fleshly location. So I'm in a location for now, but as soon as I change that location, I'm not happy anymore. But your joy this is interesting. Joy is a calm. It's, hear that. Calm. C-A-L-M. Joy is a calmness. I mean, all hell can be breaking loose. We sang that song last week. Come hell or high water. Right? You are my confidence. It's a calmness in the middle of the storm. That's why Jesus got on to the disciples. Oh, ye of little faith. They're like, what are you talking about? That was a death storm. We were going to die. And he's like, who is, they're saying, who is this man that even the wind and the waves uh, obey him? This man was acting as a human on the earth, but on the promise of God. He knew that out of every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, life flows. God the Father, he said, I don't do anything. But what I see my father do, and I don't say anything, but what I hear my father say. So when Jesus told the disciples, let us go to the other side, the father had said that. 
And if Father said, let us go to the other side, ain't nothing going to stop us from going to the other side. He had that confidence and that calmness in the word of the promise of the Father. And he said, Lord, your word is more important than this storm. Your word is more important than this storm. Your word has more provision than this storm. And there was a calmness in him. So much calmness that when he spoke, his words had different effect than other people around him. It's not because their words couldn't be strong. It's because it wasn't strong. Watch this. Because they weren't calm based off of the word of the Father. They weren't in joy. They weren't in the place of calmness, in the place of joy, because they didn't esteem those words as much. Several years ago, William and I, and uh, Stephen were outside of our house and uh, we were putting up a light and uh, you remember that and um, we're putting up a light on the side of the house and it was starting to storm and I'd been putting up this light for a while and uh, it's the one we just took down the other day <laughs> and um, so we were putting up this light and I was up on the ladder and uh, he and his dad and I we were both standing there talking going over that and everything about that time William walks up he goes hey uh is that what a funnel cloud looks like? <laughs> and I, we turned around and there was legitimately a cloud going like this and, and coming down. And, and I went, <laughs> like, this is North Carolina. <laughs> you know, and I went, I believe it is, William. I believe it is, right? Well, here's the thing. All right, Psalm 91. No evil can befall my dwelling. None. So we were right by the house. That was like in the, in the field over by the house. Do you remember it now? And, uh, and, we were, I said, and we just prayed, Lord, pull that cloud back up in Jesus' name. Cloud, get up there. And a calmness came over. And, a face, and sure enough, that cloud went, zoop. And right there, I was like, yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> yeah. I was like, hallelujah. But see, now, was Jesus just special? See, if he was going to be tempted in every way that we are, he couldn't come down here and operate just as deity. He had to operate under the mechanics that humans operate or he's not the full substitute. So as a human, he heard and had fellowship with the Father. The Father said, let us go to the other side. A storm gets in the way, doesn't matter. God's already said. That's why it's important to hear from the Lord, know what he said, because if you know what God said, you can accomplish every bit that he said. And so he, he had a calmness. He gets up there, peace, be still. And the disciples are amazed. We're getting, you're getting ready to go, you know, a week and a day away. The week... The amazing acts, a book of amazement. We're going to go through and preach and teach acts and we're going to see signs and wonders from Monday through Friday. I am looking forward to it. It was a book of amazement. People were amazed and astonished all. And that's how we're supposed to walk. Not, not just Jesus. He said, you'll do these works and greater. Not just the pastor. He said, you'll do these works. Those that believe will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Those that believe. But we've got to learn how to wop, operate in joy. Joy is a calm, it's a delight. Joy is not anxious. How can you tell if your faith is not going to work? Yo, it wasn't going to happen. Because you're anxious, you're not in joy. Joy, Isaiah 12, 3 says, With joy we draw from the wells of salvation. 
Oh, salvation's sitting there pulled up for us, just waiting for us. How do we draw the salvation that we need? If you need saving in your finances, how do you draw it up? With joy. If you need healing in your body, how do you draw it up? With joy, with a calm delight, right? Uh, and I'm, I'm going to get into a little bit more of it, just a little bit. But how do, if you need healing in your body, if you need restoration in your mind, you need the light of God to hit your family. You need, how do you draw that saving grace for that moment? With joy. With joy. Joy is a cheerfulness, a gladness. It's a sense of peace on it all. So when Jesus actually said to that storm, peace be still, what was he manifesting? The fruit of the Spirit, the joy and the peace of the Holy Ghost through him. Joy was doing this. Peace was doing this. Joy, watch this, is a fruit that we can constantly walk in. So when Mark's up here being the tree, and do you think that, do you think that the Holy Spirit's just going to stop being the Holy Spirit one day? No, he's always going to be joy. He's always, the Holy Spirit's always going to be wanting to produce fruit in us. So there's no time where we should be without joy. Matter of fact, in 1 Thessalonians, it actually tells us this. 1 Thessalonians 5, rejoice always. How can God tell us to rejoice when we're in the middle of a storm? He's not just telling you to like put on fakeness and good luck. No, he's telling you the answer, how to bring about the peace, how to bring about the solution. Put on joy in the middle of the storm. Yeah. Put, on, put on this fruit that we can walk in continuously and we never have to walk in it another way. Joy is a potentially, based on us, potentially a permanent state of being in his presence. Look at this verse, 1 Chronicles 16, 27. 1 Chronicles 16, 27. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. See, if I just place myself in the presence of God, I'll be in joy. But if I find myself in the middle of the storm... And I go, oh God, what are we going to do about this storm? Like, what am I going to do, right? If we do that, and y'all know, that's why you're laughing. Because you know that's how it feels. Like, it goes up and down. And, and, but what's the devil trying to do? Get you to flip out. Because if he can get you to flip out, there is no screaming in fear in the presence of God. And see, we, the kingdom of God is within us. So this is not something we're waiting on. We already have the fruit of the Spirit trying to get out of us. We can either stop the flow or not. How do you stop the flow of God's joy? Ah! And, you, and you move into fear. But if you'll move into the presence, no. This is not normal. I have the joy and the peace of the Lord. I have the promise of God. No evil will befall me. 
out of the promise of God. And so that's where we can rejoice right in the middle of a storm. We can put on joy. We can enter into the place where God is. And joy is in that place. And if joy is in that place, our answer can now be wherever we go. Thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. That's why he told Joshua, everywhere the foot of the sole of your foot will tread, I will give it to you. Yeah. You think that's just for Old Testament Joshua? No, that's for believers. That's for everywhere I go, I'm carrying the presence of God. I'm carrying his joy. Carrying his joy. Amen. Listen, remember I said happiness was a temporary place? Our location of happy is based on our state of joy. So if we can enter into the joy of the Lord, we can be happy a lot more often. How many people would like to be happy more often? Like, not just by faith putting on joy, but actually have a manifestation of happiness because of things that have come up. And you can walk in that. How, how happy do you think the disciples were that Jesus knew how to enter joy? <laughs> how happy do you think they were when that storm went away? These were professional fishermen. They'd been on the Sea of Galilee pretty much all their life. They knew that. And they knew they were about to die in the natural. Thank God... Jesus, who knew who he was and knew the Father's voice, had joy. Praise the Lord. How happy do you think they were? Oh, Jesus, thank you, you were here. They were so happy, he rebuked them and they took it. I'm so happy I'm turning the AC down right now because it's hot in here. They were so happy. He said, oh, ye of little faith. And they didn't get a bunch of religious backwash. How dare you tell us that we have little faith? But that's what we'll do. I've seen people do it. You don't, you can't tell me I have little faith. I was, I'm like, dude, okay. I guess Jesus was wrong. Not to mention, what you're, <laughs> what you're assuming is that you know all there is to know about faith. And every little dynamic of it, and every variable of faith. I can list off about seven different things most people don't even have a clue about with faith. And I can tell you why or why not people are not in faith. Remember I, this morning, I'm really good with the list. I'm good with that one too. <laughs> but people don't realize, hey dude... <laughs> People don't realize a lot of times there's a lot of variables involved and maybe they haven't learned everything there is about faith. So why is it that we you know, tell God, well, he's just a bad God, but we had it right. Now he says, I'm not withholding any, I believe it's Psalms 8411. I'm not withholding any good thing from those who walk uprightly. So God was now withholding something from you that makes him a liar. So we've got to come to reality with this stuff and not play games with it. And this goes back to what we're talking about. This is not a time to play games. I want to read you this story. Go to Nehemiah chapter 8. And I'll begin to begin my ending. 
but I'm not promising. Nehemiah chapter 8. Joy. She flinched. She's been at Boomerang for a while. Joy. Just because I can. I can do it here and I won't get in trouble, maybe. <laughs> Joy. <laughs> I want you to see that. Now, if you know this story, so basically Israel had been carried away into captivity uh, for many years. They were in Babylonian captivity. And then the Lord moved on Nehemiah's heart uh, to go back and rebuild the wall and get that city back. And then the Lord moved on a heathen king's heart to allow him to go and do that. And they had been in captivity for quite some time. They're rebuilding the wall. They're, getting, they're, they're really kind of close to having this completed. And then they have a meeting there in, in Jerusalem. And it says, And all the people gathered as one man at the square which is in front of the water gate. And they asked Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses which the Lord had given to Israel. Then Ezra the priest uh, brought the law before the assembly of men, women, and all who could listen with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. He read it fr from he read from it before the square, which was in front of the water gate, from early morning until midday. <coughs> now let's go back and read that again. He read from the book of the law. From early morning until midday. That's like 6 a.m. to noon. I'll never want to hear y'all talk about long messages ever again. <laughs> ever. Not even joking. He read the book of the law from early morning till midday. We all know how good we got it. I'm reminded of Paul who preached all the way from night to midnight, dude fell out the window, got dead, got healed, and then he preached till sunrise. It's biblical. We don't know how spoiled we are. That's actually, it's a joke, but it's true. In the presence of men and women, those who could understand, and all the people were attentive to the book of the law. Ezra the scribe stood at a wooden podium, which they had made for the purpose, and beside him stood all these guys on his right hand and his left. Ezra opened the book, Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people, and when he opened it, all the people stood up. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen. Let's practice, right? All the people said, Amen, Amen. That's amazing. <laughs> I feel so good as a preacher. Amen. All right, so, and while lifting up their hands, then they bowed low and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. They said, Amen, Amen, because he had finished reading the book of law from early morning to midday. And they're like, Amen, Amen. So you understand. And then they bowed to the ground. They're like, Oh, dear God, please don't let them read anymore. Yeah. I know how y'all's flesh is. I know. Oh, dear Lord. 
you better believe, <laughs> you better believe that was one motivated amen, amen. I, I bet you. Verse 7, and then all those explained the law to the people while the people remained in their place. They read from the book, from the law of God, translating to give the sense so that they understood the reading. Verse 9, then Nehemiah, <laughs> I kind of feel like right here, they're like, did y'all get that? And they're like, yes, we got it. We understand. We get it. You don't have to read anymore. Ezra, just stop right there. Amen, amen. Okay. Just trying to place us there, you know. Then Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Listen, do not mourn or weep. For all the people were weeping when they heard the words of the law. <laughs> now we know why. <laughs> now we know why. <laughs> <laughs> For all the people were weeping when they heard the words of the law. Now all y'all laughing at this, that is not why they were weeping. <laughs> That's not it. Jeez. Lord, these people you gave me. Now, in context, besides the long day, why were they weeping? <laughs> See, right now, you remember where I said, all of a sudden, you know, the father's come by, he's starting to tickle people, and then that joy is starting to flow. It's that calmness. Now's when we decide, am I going to yield to it? And be what the world calls out of order. I'm gonna, am I going to be in God's order? Lord, let your joy flow. Just say it with me. Say, Lord, let your joy flow. Amen. <laughs> Weeping may come at night. But joy comes in the morning. Amen. Now I want you to see this because this is the verse that we know about joy. Now I want you to see something very specific. The reason why they're weeping is not because of the length of the reading of the scripture. <laughs> they're weeping. <laughs> Maybe that had a little bit to do with it, but... Think about this. They have been in Babylonian captivity and their people, their people for years and years and years and years and years. And for the first time since they went into captivity, the word of God is being spoken in Jerusalem again. The word of God. And now, and I want you to see this and you can, you can see this in context. They're weeping, and it's not, it's not a joyful weeping. This is a mourning. Notice what he says. Do not mourn or weep. They are in mourning 
Why? Because, and watch this, they're reminiscing all of the pain and, and the torture that they've gone through and the freedom that they've not had. They're mourning and weeping over all of the torment of the years of captiv captivity. They're not weeping for joy, they're mourning. Okay? This is important to recognize. Now, now I know I'm getting serious, I know other people are laughing. Don't quench them, that's still the joy flowing. And I, but I want you to see this, keep, keep your joy. Because I start talking about mourning and weeping, and everybody's like, oh, oh, we're serious now. <laughs> oh, we got to be serious now. And, and just, no, don't, don't shut the flow of the Holy Ghost off. Just keep flowing. But hear this as you're flowing. <laughs> For all the people were weeping when they heard the words of the law. Verse 10. Now watch this. He said to them, go eat of the fat, drink of the sweet, and send portions to him who has nothing prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Watch this. On purpose, intentional, do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now I want you to see the context of what's happening here. He's saying, I know you've been through a lot. I know you've been mourning. I know you've been weeping. But we're coming through right now. I know that you haven't had a whole lot. But right now, I want you to go. And I want you to sow richly. I want you to, what does he say? Eat the fat. You know what you've been storing up for a special day? Eat it. Eat it. Today is that special day. Not because you're weeping. Not because you're mourning. But because the joy of the Lord is your strength. He says, eat of the fat, drink the sweet, send portions to him who has nothing prepared. Share your bounty, share your goodness because where you've been weeping in captivity, your captivity is over. Your captivity is over. Your pain is over. That sickness is over. That lack and poverty, it's over. But how does he tell them to come out. He says, you're not going to come out. You're not going to come out with mourning and weeping. You're going to come out when you put the joy on. Because the joy of the Lord, somebody's going to have to run that camera. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. The joy of the Lord will draw you out. Mourning and weeping's not going to draw you out of this captivity. The joy of the Lord. He's telling them, be intentional right now. I know you don't feel like it. I know you're weeping. I know you're mourning. But the strength of God's going to come on you. When you put down on purpose the weeping. Oh God, I've just felt so bad for so long. Oh Lord, when's this going to get over? Put the mourning and the weeping off and put on the joy of the Lord. Step into the place of His presence where joy overflows. He said that will be your strength. And that's how we know the joy of the Lord is our strength is from this story. He said, so the Levites calmed all the people saying, be still for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. Don't be grieved. 
And all the people went away to eat, to drink, to send portions, and to celebrate a great festival because they understood the words which have been known to them. The Lord expects us, He expects us to serve in joy. He expects us to take off the garment of heaviness and put on the garment of praise. It's, it's an intentional action. We do it on purpose. We say, look, it may look like it's weeping in morning time. It may look like demonic storm, but it may look like I went to bed weeping in morning, but joy comes in the morning because that's my God. He doesn't leave me in this place. He doesn't leave me in that place of sickness. He heals me. He delivers me with joy you draw from the wells of salvation Philippians 4 4 rejoice put on joy again and again I say rejoice rejoice I want to show you one more thing Deuteronomy 28, 47. Do you remember what Deuteronomy 28 is? <laughs> Deuteronomy 28 is a laying out of the blessings and the curse. The blessings and the curse. And in 47, you are well into the curse. I want you to see something. Watch this. God considers this operation a curse that we're about to read. Watch this. Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and a glad heart for the abundance of all things. He said, you'll, you'll be cursed. The next verse says, you'll be cursed because you didn't serve the Lord your God with joy and a glad heart and for the abundance of all things. See, we're supposed to enter into our service of the Lord, even into this. You know, how many, don't, don't answer this, don't raise your hand. Because I, I know you walked in some Sunday morning and you went to church and you're like, oh God, why am I here again? Oh, God. Did you know as soon as we take that attitude, we're walking into a curse? You see that? When we have that heart, we're walking into a cursed place. Whereas we can go, golly, I don't feel like it. But Lord, I put on joy. I put down mourning and grieving. And I put on joy. This is going to be good. It's going to be awesome. This is going to be a great day. This is going to be a great night. With joy, I draw my salvation. I put on the grace of God. We're going someplace tonight. We're going someplace this morning. Lord, we praise you. Oh, we praise you. And you put on joy. Put on joy. All of a sudden, something changes. And so what you do on purpose is you literally step out of the world and the corruption and the lack of the world and into the place where there are no problems. Where there's the solution of God. Where His presence is. In His presence is fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. And then you got the fullness of joy. It's the manifestation of the Spirit. The Holy Ghost can now go to work. <laughs> One last thing. First Chronicles fifteen sixteen. And what is that? See, some not everybody's experienced that. I know a lot of y'all been around the joy; it doesn't bother you, but not everybody's experienced that. 
They don't understand that. It's just a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to tell you, we need it. We need it. Let me ask you this question. Anybody ever not been experienced to the manifestation of joy from the Holy Ghost? And then all of a sudden one day you were in it and it manifested in you. And all of a sudden you got answers that you needed. It started breaking the crust of the world off of you. If you received that before, raise your hand. Show the testimony of it. That joy did something for you mighty. Look at that. And it's kind of like the Holy Ghost. Why do people fight against Holy Ghost? Because they've been taught against it. They've been taught this is disorder. It's not disorder to God. This is how God operates on people. This is how he brings them the solutions that they need. This is how he brings it about. Our lack of understanding of it is where we actually need to get to the place. We need to get to the place where we understand it more. Bring her up here. Lord, manifest your joy in fullness. Everything that's been holding her back, break it off now. Raise your hands. In Jesus' name. <laughs> in Jesus' name. You weren't quick enough. So afraid of today. Look at what look at what he said. First Chronicles 15, 16. Then David spoke to the chiefs of the Levites. I missed that one. To appoint their relative their relatives, the singers, with instruments of music, harps, lyres, loud sounding cymbals. Watch this. To raise sounds of joy. To raise sounds of joy. Did you know in joy is where people will get healed? Apparently she knew. In joy. Why? Because with joy we draw from the wells of salvation. <laughs> David told him on purpose. He told him on purpose. And just so you know, this is not bothering me. Why? Because I want people touched with the joy of the Lord. It's not bothering me. As a good pastor, as a good shepherd, I want people touched with the joy of the Lord. She needed that laugh. Did you? Yeah. You need some more? Come up. Oh, finny head to head to base though. Lord, overflower. Overflower in Jesus' name. I said, come up. That's not normal for her to do that in public. Or her. That's the joy of the Lord. In case you're wondering if it just happens to ladies, Mark. Mark. We need the joy. <laughs> oh, that's like a good daddy moment. Like, praise God. That's awesome. He needed that. I wish you could have seen his face when the Holy Ghost hit him right there. He was like, oh. <laughs> Bless them. Bless them. Joy. 
You can put it on on purpose. David told the singers, raise great sounds of joy. Singers, raise great sounds of joy. One last thing. Would you consider... <laughs> watch this. This is this big. <laughs> this big. Huge. When the Ark of the Covenant... All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I know that's not going to work, but try it, okay? One last point. When the... One last point. That's the Holy Ghost all over. Joy. Glory to God. Well, they're just putting on. Well, they don't do it anywhere else. None of them have been reported to us from their work. What in the world's going on with them unless they were still drunk from the Holy Spirit service the night before? That has happened. That has happened. What do you, what do you think they were mocking in Acts chapter 2? What do you think they were mocking? These are full of sweet wine. Why? Because they were acting like this. This is the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. They were acting like this. What is this? Watch. Two stories. I'm going to show you the same thing. Some mocked. Some received. Some said, I, Lord, I, I got to have what you have. I'm too hungry to go away and not be filled. I'm too hungry. Right here. How important do you think it was of an event when the Ark of the Covenant was stolen and they brought it back into Jerusalem? Was that an important event? Was that important in heaven? Yes. Would you say there were spiritual formalities of bringing that Ark back? Well, Uzzah found out the formalities of it, right? Because when the Ark stumbled, he reached out and out of line, grabbed a hold of it, and he, and he died right there. There were some formalities there. Let me show you, <laughs> let me show you the formalities that were right. First Chronicles 15.25 So it was David with the elders of Israel and the captains over thousands who went to bring up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord from the house of Obed-Edom with... With what? What were the formalities that suited God? A praise, a praise, a joy. And then David's wife joked about him going all out for God mocked him which one messed up David with joy praising through the streets or his wife judging it which one was right which one was wrong in the formalities of bringing it back joy 
was in order with God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, pour out your joy. Pour out your joy. Pour out your joy, Lord. Pour out your joy. Pour out your healing. Pour it out. Pour it out. If you're sitting there and you're going, I need more joy. Obviously, I need more joy. <laughs> Obviously, I need more joy. <laughs> if, you need, if you need more, maybe you don't feel like you need it, but you just want it. Lord, I want more joy. I just invite you real quickly, come up and just receive more joy right now. Lord, I need more joy. Thank you, Lord. More joy, Lord. Lord, I need your joy. I need your goodness. I need your overflow. I need your overflow. Thank you, Father. Lord, we need you. The fruit of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, for your joy. Thank you for your joy. Hey, hey, out of that joy will come that wisdom that we've been talking about. Out of that joy will come that wisdom. See, that's how, that's how we set it up, with joy. Don't be grieved and mourn. Don't try to work through all the issues with joy. Oh, Lord, all of a sudden, you'll be having the joy of the Lord manifest, and, a, and an idea will come up, and you'll know it's from God with joy. <laughs> Holy Ghost. <laughs> Lord, we put on joy. On purpose. On purpose. On purpose. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? 80. 80 what? 83. 83 years old, and you want more of God. How dare you? <laughs> Every day, want more of God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Lord, overflow that joy right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your joy. Thank you for your joy. Joy. You need some holy laughter. There you go. Just don't turn off the flow. Glory to God. Woo. Just raise your hands. Raise your hands. Lord, overflow them with your joy. Hallelujah. I see you. I see you waking up in the middle of the night, heading, you know, stretching your legs, and all of a sudden the joy of God hitting you. Oh, so Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your joy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Just keep receiving. Just say, Lord, I put on the joy on purpose. I need your joy. Put on your joy. So put your hand on your belly. Woo. 
Frankenating. So Madurkunaboso. Bondi on Bolsa Bay. Yeah, joy. That's going to bring the answers. Joy. That's going to bring it. That's going to bring it. That's going to bring it. So They get it a joy of the Holy Ghost. May they cause you called Rantana Mosa. Beyond the low city. Broker. Joy. Joy and solutions. <laughs> Joy. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Oh, boom, barama. Put your hands on your stuff. Oh, okay. Joy. Joy. Joy of the Holy Ghost. Put your hands on your stomach. Thank you, Father. Stir it up. Sutini Kodaro, Poroparo, say, Soborobo, Soboro, Kodadistun, Roma, so, so, so. You lost your catcher. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men with whom he's pleased. Tidings of great joy. <laughs> great joy. Great joy. Woo! Great joy. Great joy. Galeone Efodo Masa Fani Elsoban Ufrokodani Debankun Maniato. Lelo dotoberoso bosomo, so be andamoso barama abo. Camo soberomo. I see, I see in your life and in your family, it's like people would go after God, but it's like then they would hit a wall and there would be limits. And God says the time of those limits is over in Jesus' name. Those limits are broken off of you. You're going to new places. You're going to set a new standard for your family. There's going to be a new standard in your family. A standard of the breakout of the joy of the Lord. A standard of His goodness and His mercy in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord, bring healing. Bring wholeness in Jesus' name. Joy, a joy, joy of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. A joy in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Joy. What is that? I have no idea. Oh, Bamnionta Lomoso. Mana, ah, thank you, Lord. 
There's a coat that you've been wearing and it's been in your family too. And it's not going to fit you anymore. You've broken, you've broken that yoke. There's a yoke that y'all broken through your faith over these last couple of years. There's a yoke that's been broken off of you. That coat that used to fit, that limited you, the buttons were last. That coat is, is shredded now. Just like blind Bartimaeus, tonight you lay down that coat. I'm not held back by limitations. We're not held back by it anymore. I'm telling you, you're broken through with it with your faith. And in the name of Jesus, Lord, I minister to them a new level, a new coat, a new mantle of your overflow and abundance in the joy of the Lord. In Jesus' name. Put your hand on your belly, both of you. Just say, I receive it now. I put down the mourning and the weeping of yesterday and today and I receive and I walk in the joy of today. I enter into that place, that place of joy now. Now just do it. And just put down the mourning and the weeping and put on that joy. Yeah, glory. Thank you, Father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glory to God. Hey, hey, stay canoe. Go to Boba Dama do de Biasta. Manamo Cotabosabo. Bonamonta Montaboso. Tacancho Stani. Hat Frotenia Losta. Brosa. Suk. Joe! In Jesus' name. <laughs> Hallelujah. Whoo! That had some power behind it. Glory to God. <laughs> Time to receive. <laughs> Time to receive. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Lord, for your healing. Now just receive. Lord, I receive. Yeah, thank you. That's it. Don't try to mentally get there. Just, Lord, I receive. You love me, and I receive it right now. I have who you are in my life, in my heart. I have who you are. Oh, thank you. I receive. Thank you, Father. Put your hands on your belly. Raise your hands. And joy. Thank you, Father. And joy. Thank you, Lord. And joy. Hallelujah. 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 
like what I was saying this morning. You can't sit in your head around all the stuff. Just, oh, Jesus. Doesn't matter who, how, what, when, why. You love me, I receive your love. He's too good to leave you sitting at the same place. He's too good. No, he comes when we did it to ourselves. He comes to help us when we didn't do it to ourselves. He comes to when we really messed up, when we did it on purpose. He comes and he brings his love. Now we just come to him and say, Lord, I believe you. I trust you. I believe you. Say it with me. Say, Lord, I believe you. And I trust you. And I receive your love now. So did it. There you go. There you go. Yeah. See, that's different. That's different. That's a different reception. Yeah. You feel that? Yeah. That's different. Now just receive his love. Lord, fill her up. Overflow her in Jesus' name. Lord, I believe in you. And I receive from you. Thank you, Lord. That's that anointing there. It is flowing strong. It's fixing things. It's setting it right. Now just put on the joy of the Lord. Lord, thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your joy. Thank you. Just say it with me. Say, Lord, I let go of weeping and mourning. I have no part with it. I have part with joy and peace. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Father. Now, am I willing to take the heat for what looks weird to the world so that you can walk in joy? Yep. Yes, I am. Why? Because I know and I believe in God's fruit and the joy that's so necessary for his children to walk in. It's the joy that brings the victory. People can talk about what they think is weird, but they won't have the fruit that you'll have. They won't walk in healing. They won't walk in prosperity. They'll walk in bitterness. They'll have a hard time smiling. (laughs) But you won't. But you won't. Just lift your hands. Say, Lord, I believe in your love. I I believe in your grace. I have no part with weeping. I have no part with mourning. On purpose, I put on the joy. (laughs) I receive your joy. I put it on. I have it now. Thank you, Lord. Hey, thank you, Father, for your joy. Put your hands on your stomach. Lord, fill her and overflow her with your joy. Lord, thank you. Churn joy in her in Jesus' name. Stir it up, Lord, in her. Oh, glory to God. A joy that comes out in her car. A joy that comes out in her home. A joy that comes out everywhere. When the pressure comes on, joy comes out. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Say it with me. God's got me. God's got it. I put myself in his hands. 
and I let the fruit of the Spirit always flow through me, my life, my home, and with joy I draw from the wells of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. God, did you receive something tonight? Yes. <laughs> Amen. Anybody get a little bit more joy? <laughs> well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We worship you. We give you the glory. Thank you, Lord, for this Holy Spirit service. Thank you for this Holy Ghost weekend. We thank you for it. <laughs> it's important for us to continue getting out of our fleshly mind and getting into the mind of Christ. Hear what I just said. It's important for us to continue to get out of our fleshly corrupted mind and into the mind of Christ. To learn how to receive from the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit bring us knowledge. That means that there's things of the flesh we'll have to let go of. But the more that we move by the Spirit and not of the flesh, we'll have life to the full till it overflows. So we can't go to where we just understand it with logic. If you look at those messages this week talking about a God level of life, we really talked about that again, is the importance of gaining knowledge not by, your, not by your worldly logical understanding, but the way that the Bible says knowledge comes through the anointing of God. How many people, how many people, 
How many people saw something tonight about joy as the anointing brought the joy? You saw something about joy you didn't know before. How God uses it to bring in things. How God, how we're supposed to put it on on purpose. How on purpose we drop weeping and mourning and put on joy because that joy is what will be the strength to bring us into breakthrough. Amen? Glory to God. That doesn't come from just reading the book by itself. It comes by the anointing of the Holy Ghost opening that up. So we got to get out of logic and get into being led by the Spirit of God. Amen? <laughs> they might be drunk for a while. Just let them be. Let them do their thing. Amen. Father, we praise you. We worship you. Somebody's probably supposed to wrap this up. I'm feeling a little drunk myself, so I might just, you know how drunks are. They just go on. They just keep going. They just, you, ever, you know, they just keep talking for hours about nothing. About nothing. I'm supposed to take this over and close it out. You, oh, you got the mic. Well, go ahead. Try away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, say this. Joy. No, say joy, joy. is my strength. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. God, I thank you, Lord, that you're not done. You're still pouring out. You're still pouring out. And God, we still receive. We continue to receive from you even right now. God, I thank you, Lord. Tonight is a good night. It's a good night to receive from you. And God, right now, we thank you for your blessing. Father, we thank you, Lord, that as we drive home tonight, we're safe. We're protected because we need it. We, thank you, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, that you will bless everyone as they go home or as they stay on the floor all night, whatever you want to do. We love you. We praise you. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.